0: Hey, welcome to another Hamilton Sales Training Podcast. Today's date is October 10th, 2018, and it is amazing how time passes when you got a lot going on. So sorry about the delay or the, the time that uh, has passed between these. I just had something that was, um, I guess, injected into my psyche the other day. And it was a situation that uh, reminded me of something that happened a long, long time ago. This happens a lot in our business, you know. Uh, Something sparks a little bit of an interest, and we have to react to it. We have to share it. And it kind of ties in with everything we've been talking about with Hamilton Sales Training, with the foundation, uh, with feigned indifference, with technique, market-based pricing philosophy. All of this is tied in, and this is the direction that we're going, and this is how this business will evolve. So it's kind of neat to be able to go back and take a look at a particular situation that uh, really uh, struck something for me. So anyway, so we go back, and I remember a time uh, when I was uh, on the floor, and a salesman came to me and immediately had an issue with a customer. And this wasn't too far back, but immediately I knew that there was a conflict. And he was being defensive. Uh, His attitude was not as good as it should have been, not staying as positive as we should have. And I knew there was something going on. So as I did as a sales manager, I do suggest that you as sales managers, uh, whoever might be listening to this, if you have a situation like this, obviously jump right in. Go ahead and grab a card, get in, sit down with the customer, try to reestablish any type of rapport or trust uh, that you can, because at that point, it may have been broken. In fact, the sales consultant mentioned uh, that he had to see a tax grid or something, and it was one of those states that uh, obviously was calculated by where you live and where you buy. It was a combination or product of the two. And the customer, he goes, the customer doesn't believe me, he's basically calling me a liar. Well, it's about as defensive as you get, and that can kind of b- break the morale and the rapport. We had to d- jump in right away, brought it to him, and uh, you know, brought some things to bear, and then began doing what we do. And what did we have to do? We had to tell the customer what they needed to hear. Matter of factly, we can't backtrack, and we have to un- make them understand that everything is market-based. So when you go in and greet the customer, and this, now, this is again this is for sales consultants you don't have to get in the situation if somebody questions you it's their job as a consumer to question everything and that's okay you simply get any facts or any third-party information that you need to justify your position explain to them that they have to be careful as a consumer or they've been taught to be careful as a consumer we're changing all that we're evolving this business so that there's not as much need for that anymore but you appreciate that and you tell them so so anyway, you go into it and say, this is what I was talking about, and then they have a question about another state, blah, 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 you move forward. And then it starts getting into it, because you didn't have an opportunity to really get into an interview, and then it all of a sudden becomes about price, and it becomes about other things, and now you can start diving a little bit deeper into the situation. But I do remember the customer, and they were both standoffish, She was right, and they came in defensive. And we're going to talk about personality types a little bit later, but not too much. I mean, we have that, obviously, in another video, but how... All personality types can be, I don't want to say, I'll use the word conquered, can be conquered and they become receptive to our words through professional courtesy and basically telling them what they need to hear. Because everybody's going to tell them what they want to hear, and it's going to seem like a show. It's going to seem like smoke and mirrors. I use this all the time. You're going to see that now in more commercials. You're going to see a lot of different things with market-based pricing more and more. And this has been talked about for years and years and years, but now is the time that we have to embrace it. Unfortunately, there's a lot of facilities that choose not to do that, but they will. They're going to have to over the next few years, and things will progress in the way that we want them to. So at any rate, it's started to get into pricing. And they were looking at a brand new vehicle, a $40,000 vehicle, $40,600 vehicle, and it happened to be a current year. And there were still some prior year models available at the time. So at any rate, they were talking about, well, what can you do for me on price? Well, guess what? Uh, It's all what the market will bear. That is something that you can respond to the customer easily, straightforward, and it's simple. You know, Ron, it's going to be whatever the market will bear on the unit. We check them every day. We mystery shop our competitors over the Internet. We take a look at all the data possible, and it does fluctuate on a consistent basis, whether you look at Truecar. And I did have to do the uh, explanation of Truecar and um, Kelly Blue Book or any of these other th- buying uh, services that they do have out there, and they have that grid or that wheel or what have you where it's a, market average or it's not such a good buy or it's over market average or this is a good buy and this is a really really good buy and we had to define that well when you see it because i said and you can use true car if you'd like but we'll we'll talk about true car a little bit more in, in another segment but true car costs car dealers it is one of the most ingenious i should say ingenious and i guess i don't know if i'm extremely um enviable or impressed by it but uh, i guess i should be a way to, to take money away and still have the dealership sell cars for less. It, it's it's amazing to me. But anyway, when you take a look at these things, whether it be Kelly Blue Book, whether it be Edmunds, whether it be True Car, you have these different um, types of descriptions for the deal. And I asked him. I said, Well, what do you th- what data do you think goes into that? Well, it's a, this is somebody just got a really really good buy here. I said, Well, why? Keep in mind all this includes data from things like demonstrators for new cars Does that make sense so if it's a demonstrator if it's been driven for six months or eight months and has five thousand miles on it that's gonna be at what the lower end or a really really great price but is it the best value for that customer you don't know that to be sure you don't know because a customer may prefer a different color may prefer a vehicle with no miles you don't know but that goes under that category and that's misinformation that's one of the neat things when i showed him the computer screen and said this is our best asset from a sales standpoint and it's our worst adversary it's the best asset when the information is correct it's our worst adversary when it's misinformation and they agreed they said yeah there's tons of misinformation out there i said you can't believe this as being the gospel truth because it is not there's too much out there uh that is not accurate now, we have to sift through that. You need professionals to help you get through all that. Or what's going to happen is a fatigue factor is going to set in. You're going to be sitting in a facility you don't want to be at. You're going to buy something you don't want to buy and spend more money. And that's exactly what we don't want to have happen. That's why you need to find a professional that you trust. Now, let's, getting back to, let's get back to the buying services. What else might be included? Well, sure, damaged vehicles that needed repair, whether it be hail, whether it be off the truck, whether it be whatever whether it was just an accident on the lot we keep these vehicles outside it happens all the time that goes into the really really great price too that's extremely below marketplace if they choose to sell it for that or if they have to sell it for that so all these things are involved in that now where do you think that the prime colors that may may not be as available brand new fresh unit where do you think they sell yeah above market so you have to decipher that information same with used cars. Carfax is teaching us what? That a vehicle with an accident or two is worth less money. Yeah, the consumer should really congratulate Carfax for helping them out. You know, consumers should be patting Carfax on the back, saying thank you very much for helping me get less money for my trade-in because it has an accident it can be easily repaired with today's technology. And another thing, too, is that they're allowing a dealership to take these vehicles in for less, as well. And it just doesn't make sense. Also, the vehicles that don't have accidents or a one owner are prime merchandise. And they're worth more in the marketplace, again, because of sources like Carfax predominantly. And guess what? Customers pay more. They pay a premium for these vehicles. So it is all relative. It is all based on diving in a little bit deeper and getting the true facts on. So keep in mind, they taught us that vehicles our trade-ins are worth less Two owners multiple accidents what have you on the right that's where you have your one owner perfect vehicles so we have to keep this all in perspective so anyway back to the customer after that was all explained and we're talking about price and how it changes because i am not a proponent of tossing prices out there now you may be and you may work at a facility that uh, is is close to one price or you price the vehicles um, at a certain percentage below net depending on your Uh, manufacturer what the marketplace says or what you feel you need to do uh, from that standpoint to sell the unit Uh, your pay plans may be different for sales consultants maybe more volume based rather than gross based at this time uh, the pay plan was gross based and the sales consultant simply had to be resigned to the fact that this customer did research it's a mini it's a mini your chances of holding any type of profit over the hundred dollar pack over invoice or whatever however it was set is almost nil and now you're just going to have to focus on selling aftermarket. You're going to have to sell additional products and accessories, what have you, uh, to help make your car deal a little bit more lucrative. But you're going to have to accept that. You can't get upset about it, can't get uptight, uptight about it. You still have to counter-transition close to even get the deal. You still have to use the technique and build value to even get the deal, and that's where the volume comes in. But once this is accepted, now we got another issue. What do we do? We just drop the price tremendously to try to steal the business, and we just give up money or we make too ridiculous an offer and they'll think there's more out there and they'll continue to shop there's a number of different things so I like to try to try it on just a little bit and it's exactly that if people see value in the product they're going to buy it for a $500 discount, a $1000 discount, $1500 discount, so you can see uh, Mr. and Mrs. customer that I've seen these vehicles sell for $1000 off, $1500 off, people are very excited about it. They see the value it, the prices haven't gone up that much over the years and they take delivery on the other side of the coin because I read their face and that wasn't exactly what they were looking to, looking to hear or, or uh, wanting to hear. Uh, but I'm going to tell them what they want to hear. And um, I said on the other side of the coin, best case scenario in the marketplace, I've seen somewhere in the two to $3,000 discount on this particular unit. Uh, now, if that represents a value to you, now what I did is I turned the tables around. Now, Based on what your research has been, what you've read or heard, what are your expectations? You have to ask this question. Again, we'll talk about the difference between targets and expectations rather than what do you want to pay. Do not use what do you want to pay. Always preface the question, what, is your, what are your expectations? You have to make it based on their research, based on what they've read or heard. It has to be based in something, or it is not valid. You have to validate everything and make them validate it. So I kind of got ex- expectations, and then basically the customer threw out something finally and gave a bit of a morsel. And a little bit of information. Well, if you're under this, you know, we might be in the same ballpark. And there you can go from there. And, can, and you can talk about certain things like this. Great. What we need to do is have a verification of that price. And the reason being is there's a lot of smoke and mirrors out there, a lot of shell games being played. Okay, maybe destinations not included, incentives for which you don't qualify might be included in that price, accessories. Uh, it's kind of interesting. We just had somebody in. Here's a third-party example coming at you. Just last week, we had a couple in the store and they were taking delivery of the same vehicle, which you're looking at, by the way. And it was interesting to note that uh, the wife had said, I can't believe we're actually taking one of these. And, of course, the question had to be asked. Well, why, why would you say that? Well, because we were in two other facilities based on Internet pricing, based on promise pricing, or what have you, and it changed when we got there and refused to take the vehicle and re- refused to move forward. Of those people, there are more people who will be tired of shopping or try to work their way, grind their way, I hate the word grind, grind their way into a car deal and simply buy that because they're in the door, they're ready to go, they don't have time. That is the unfortunate part of this business and that's why it works, unfortunately, to use the shell games. We're going to get rid of them, I promise you, and it's going to be more powerful not to use them and we are going to retrain the customer to do things the way they should be done. And that is simply find someone you can trust Make them your car person. Send all the people you know to them. And you understand that you will get a great value for your money. Because it's important. And I tell the customers that. You know, where you spend your money and what you get in return for your dollars is extremely important. Obviously, you have to feel good about it. And I expect you to. And I expect you to do all the research necessary. And make sure that we help build all the value that we can to do that. I will also flat out tell customers. It's our job to eliminate the shopping list once you're here. So I have to ask you. And you have to ask for the business. If they are three months down the road, you have to ask, is there a way we can accelerate the process, understanding what we have going on now? Does this represent enough value for you to move your schedule ahead, and can we do something now? Today and now, remember, at the end of the process, not at the beginning, it scares the heck out of people. You have somebody you walk in the door, what do I got to do to sell you a car today, right now? You don't have any information on them. Nothing has been done as far as interview. You have no rapport built. Watch it. You're probably done already don't do this anymore i know it's still trained i know when we get desperate we search for these things we want the lay downs we blow through 10s and 20s and how many different customers that we that we go through that are viable great customers it'll send us more and more business if we can take the time to close them and look for that one lay down that we can deliver in two hours boy are we wasting our time and money boy are we doing that so simply take every deal and work every deal the same way with the same courtesy. Back to that, professional courtesy. So we're going to pause for just a second here, and we're going to come back and talk about different personality types that I want to go into real quickly before we end, setting the manager up for success or setting our partners up for success, and then we'll be back. Thank you. As I said, I want to get in a little bit to personality types, and I'm going to isolate them just into four. There are so many different studies out there, so many different, way beyond my level of education, believe me. Um, I've gone through classes. I've studied some psychology. I am not an expert. But what I wanted to point out is that you don't have to be an expert. Understand the basics and treat them with professional courtesy. It doesn't matter their age or their personality type. I'm going to show you why. So let's take a look at a couple of notes here. I'm going to break these down into four types. The driver, the expressive, the analytical, and the amiable. And I'm going to read a couple of traits of each. So the first person that we talked about, uh, this customer that uh, in the last part of the se- in the first segment here, was probably more of a driver, but he was also shared a bit of an analytical trait. So I mean, there, there can be combinations, and there are, there are more of these of uh, some of these and less of than others, but he was probably he seemed like he did have a driver dominant personality so i had we had to be very direct and we had to respect him and what he had to say so that he would open up and respect us Uh, but the same thing with the analytical i didn't tell you before he did have a pretty thick notebook that kind of gave it away Uh, so that's something that you need to watch for as well but let's talk let's go over a couple of quick traits of the driver personality type so they can tend to be short-tempered fast they work fast they can be irritable and they're very they're assertive and they're not highly emotional so one of the things with the drivers and the dominance you'll recognize these people that come in basically d- very demanding you want want your best price want their trade appraised right away and they want it all done in 5 minutes and we've talked about this in the past on, in how you handle that the best way and simply it's feigned indifference and this is kind of what i'm getting at feigned indifference and professional courtesy will help you with any of these so i'm going to jump right away to an amiable which is uh, kind of the opposite box kitty corner of driver let's talk about amiable a little bit they're social active enthusiastic but they're emotional but they're not assertive so they can still be timid but they can wear their emotions on their sleeves just a little bit and i liken this uh, and, and please and don't take this wrong, but, but to a, a, maybe a little old lady or somebody who's shy, timid, and afraid of coming into our facility uh, for the first time, maybe on her own. And how do we treat that? You know, we can't go up to that person either and say, you know, how do I sell you a car today? What do I got to do to sell you a car? We can't have any type of high pressure, any type of outward influence that might scare that person away because they're not ready for that quite yet. So, again, feign indifference professional courtesy professional courtesy let's go and take these two before we talk about expressive and analytical a little bit but the driver and the amiable if i greet the driver the same way as i greet the amiable is that right darn right it is you know whatever your greeting might be and i am not going to judge greeting it can be a very formal welcome to abc motors my name is rob and you are wait for the handshake don't do the power handshake don't twist um, they may tell you their name, they may not. And then you can say, well, thank you for choosing to spend some time with us today. You know, have you been here before, purchased a vehicle here before? Here's your qualifying questions, right? You know, what brings you in today? Were you referred to us from a friend or family member? Again, plants a seed in the back. Hey, these people get a lot of referrals. But I'm going to greet the driver the same way. All right, listen to me. I'm looking for your Accord EXL. Let's say if it's a you know, Honda, I need your best price on that, and I need my trade appraised, and I've got five minutes. These are the five percenters, but your your drivers or your dominant personalities are going to have that aura about them, and you have to slow them down. All right, or if they simply say, "Look, I'm not buying today. I'm just doing a fact finding mission. I need this, 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 and this." Wonderful. With those people, you have to let them appear to be in control. You you're going to take the control, but that's going to be with feigned indifference. Same thing. If they say anybody says, "I'm not buying today." So please purchase whenever you want to, whenever the value is represented, and whenever you're you decide to make the decision. Uh, and I always tell and it was with the customer that we talked about prior too. I tell people the same thing. So going back to the customer that we had before, I'll tell him. I'll say, Rana, I tell this to my friends and family members. Either you're prepared to make a buying decision or you're not. You see value in the vehicle or you do not. You buy it or you do not. It is that simple. There's no magic. Again, there's no smoke and mirrors, there's no shell games, all these things have to be accomplished for you to feel good about making a buying decision. Now, am I going to do what I can to help put you in a better position and feel better about it? Yes, absolutely, that's part of my job. But guess what? I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to hear, I'm always going to be transparent, everything is going to be accurate with integrity, and then you make the decision. Okay, so there's a, a number of positive value statements there, and hopefully they build trust and rapport, but there's also feigned indifference. If you're not ready, don't make the decision. If today's not the day, that's okay. All right? And so what it does is with the drivers or the people that have been taught, and again, we're retraining our customer base. So if they've been taught to go into a dealership and say, I'm buying a car right now, today, if you give me the best price, but I'm ready to go now, you have to take that away right away. And you have to basically say, please buy the car whenever you choose, whether it be today, tomorrow, or next week, or next month, if it represents a value to you, great. That's what we're looking for. But keep in mind that the price is dictated by the market. Okay, there's no magic. There's no shell games. We've been extremely competitive, and we will be with you. These are some of the things that we talk about. Now, the person that we were uh, with again the other day, basically, had not purchased a vehicle there, so I had to ask. I was like, well, why haven't you purchased a vehicle here? Have you used the service department before? Well, we don't own your brand, okay? Well, we do service off brands, but why haven't you served or why haven't you purchased a vehicle here before, and or? What would you like to change about your last purchase experience? Um, a wonderful guy, great trainer, Danny B., uh, had mentioned that statement to me uh, quite a long time ago, and I still use it every day. I like, what, do, what would you change about the last experience? Because that's going to open up something for you. Again, with the driver, with the amiable, it doesn't matter. If the amiable, the little old lady has never purchased a vehicle from you, you can ask her, why? You know, why, why Mrs. Johnson, why have you not purchased a vehicle from us in the past? You know, and what would you change about your last experience? Well, you guys weren't competitive on price, and you pressured me, and I didn't feel comfortable when I left. Okay. Well, it's not like this has never happened in the car business, right? We've never heard this before. But now we can come back with a positive value statement Well you'll be happy to know that we've completely restructured our pricing philosophy to dominate the market. We don't want to miss you, and we're not going to miss you again. Another thing is that we have focused on creating an environment here and developing a culture, these are things you probably haven't heard in this business before either but this is what we do and this is why we again we're dominating the market and why we're growing so quickly and we're able to do the things that we can do and we've done it for you we want to make sure that we don't miss you again you're very important to us you're going to recognize a number of different things there are positive value statements warm fuzzies what have you things you've heard in the past but we're going to keep going over them. we're going to keep reiterating them until they become part of you and you begin to use them because they're so powerful and they change people over but again feign indifference uh, and professional courtesy feign indifference professional courtesy doesn't matter the personality type uh, but if you have the driver you do have to slow them down a bit and one of the, one of the neat things that I like to use to at least break the ice with them is uh, you know if somebody comes in demanding and says I've only got five minutes I always offer say well Mr. Johnson perhaps you'd like to schedule an appointment for when you have more time you're deserving of more attention than that now that will slow them down that is feign indifference in other words you may leave and come back at another time they are not used to hearing that. Do I want them to leave? No, it's feigned. It, 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 I'm pretending. <laughs> you have to understand these things. And, uh, you know, I still get people to say, will you say that? And yeah, because you can always pull it back. Okay, you can always tell them, well, actually, no, I, I, I want to get this information today. Oh, so you're on a very strict schedule. we'll, we'll do our absolute best. Please follow me. I want to capture a bit of information, and I'll get you everything you need. And then you begin accommodating. And then you begin an interview. And then you begin positive value statements and warm fuzzies and more fact-finding. And you actually go through the sales process. See, that's what we're going for here, is to get these people who believe they're going to be in and out into at least part of the process. And we'll be talking more and more about that. But let's talk about expressive. So we have the driver, we had the amiable at Kitty Corners. Now at other Kitty Corners, you have expressive and analytical. Now expressive is relaxed, kind of peaceful. Um, and this is the one that I personally probably have the most difficulty with so this is really where professional courtesy is necessary and uh, you know trying to get more information out of these folks because they are uh, extremely you say they're expressive well they're emotionally uh, expressive and they're assertive but they don't seem to want to tell you anything (laughs) of importance uh, towards the the, the buying process so what they'll do is uh, they'll just go along with everything the way it is they'll talk about a whole bunch of different things but they won't tell you how to sell them a car you have to get that out of them and as we dive deeper into personalities at some other point we'll do that but again with these folks uh professional courtesy um you're going to find um teachers uh idealists those type of things um artists uh, are going to be the expressive type and you have to give them personal respect and that should go along with everybody but everybody should be treated yes ma'am no sir very very professionally um i I get it, you're going to get the guy that's 80 years old that you call Mr. Smith and says, well, my dad's name was Mr. Smith I'm Bob okay, great, that's wonderful, nice cliche Uh, great Okay, then you call him Bob and you're good with that if I have a 21 year old who's named Bob Smith I'm calling him Mr. Smith until he tells me not to Um, ma'am, miss please, thank you may I, shall we Would it be okay if all these things are professional courtesy and you keep your demeanor and your tone even and pleasant throughout all of it? I can't stress this enough. This business is no longer for the loud. This business is no longer for the hyper-enthusiastic. This business really never has been. Will those people do okay? Yes, they probably will. Will they be elite? Will they be really, really good? Probably not. The best sales consultants you will find at any facility are those who have a very even keel, who have a great, great personality that is very steady. Nothing overboard, uh, nothing crazy. They are not on a high or a low, and they are professionally courteous. So we go back to that. So professional courtesy go back to the analytical the clipboard people the people we tend to run from from time to time depending on how our day might be going don't run from anybody because by the end of all of this when you have everything down and you are super confident supremely confident that there is no one that you can't sell a car to it doesn't matter don't run from them allow them to do what they need to do give them the space to do what they need to do give them everything and professional courtesy and feigned indifference. It's okay to ask them what their timetable is. It's okay to ask any one of these personality types, what's your timetable? It's one of the key questions that we ask to allow us to move forward, especially if they're a little tight-lipped and protective out there. Open it up a little. Okay, you see somebody that has a gigantic notebook, probably been searching for 10 years. You know, great, Bill, what's your time frame, do you think? Okay, if it's less than a decade, you go ahead and move forward. Alright, but here's the thing. They're going to give you an idea or they're going to give you an answer. Why do you need to know that? Well, they say, why do you need to know that? what, What is our answer? What is our response? Our counter? Well, basically, incentives change generally on a monthly basis. Sometimes more frequently, sometimes less so. I just want to make sure that you get the proper information and the market is always changing keep in mind that everything is market-based price so i want to make sure we give you the most up-to-date information available for your research that you can make a right decision the best decision for you the decision that represents the best value again so these are all things that you can use with everybody time frame what other models are you considering okay let me check availability for you you're going to do a competitive comparison a number of different things. How did you first see see the unit? Does a friend or family member have one? Did you see one driving down the road and it kind of pique your interest? Begin these conversations professionally and with courtesy, and continue to treat the customer that way, and you're always going to come out on top. So, at any rate, that's enough on that. I'm going to teach you, or we're going to talk about setting your manager up for success here in the next segment. So stay tuned. Please do not forget, if you haven't already picked up a volume of Beyond the Walkaround, please do so. It is absolutely wonderful. It is uh, everything that started Hamilton Sales Training and got us into the ideas uh, eventually that evolved into the foundation of Hamilton Sales Training. It has examples of the technique. That's where it was first introduced, Feigned Indifference. I shouldn't say first. There were programs nearly a decade ago now, but this is the first hard version of that. But a lot of different counters, and you're absolutely going to love it. And finally, finally, finally... The concerns journal, cross my fingers and it comes out okay, <laughs> because some of the printing was off just a bit, is going to be available on Amazon as well. It is not going to be in Kindle, it is not going to be audio because it is a companion. So please keep this in mind. It is a companion edition to Beyond the Walk Around, which gives you an opportunity to keep a look look out for the YouTube video on how to use the journal. I know it's a journal. You have to write in it. This is not I know it's a digital age. I know we have apps, I know we have tablets, I know we have computers. This is something to write by hand and keep track of things and read things that are very necessary, and it's neat because it's compact, it doesn't take up a lot of space, and it'll be your words. But uh, check out the Hamilton Sales Training, Beyond the Walkaround, Concerns Journal, the companion to Beyond the Walkaround. So thank you very much for that. Okay, so one last thing we're going to talk about is setting your sales manager up for success or setting one another up for success and this is gonna be the initial part of the deal uh, not necessarily going into finance although you, you are obligated to do that as well you must do these things to be a professional in this business and to be the most effective sales consultant that you can be and that is important because we cannot be elite unless we are our supremely effective but let's talk about what can happen to even a veteran even a veteran sales manager and I was talking to a sales manager the other day, saying, man, one of my guys, and shame on me, because I allowed it, but one of my guys totally set me up for failure. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? So, said, well, here's the situation. We had a customer come in, and I'm not sure that he was super engaged. I probably should have gotten involved initially, but I trust this guy. I mean, he's a 20-car-a-month guy, and... I believe in them i have faith in them i said yeah. well i do too and all my sales consultants uh, but you, you still have to watch out a little bit but anyway tell me a little bit about the situation well the customer had come in he wanted numbers on a uh, sport utility vehicle both retail and lease great sounds good to me he wanted two trim levels okay i would prefer to isolate it i'm not a fan of scenarios i am not that guy and uh if you, I, i've worked with sales people that seem to have 20 of them Every time they come to the desk, it would infuriate me, and I'd be like, go isolate this person just a little bit. Guess what? One's going to be higher, one's going to be lower. What are their expectations? What are they targeting? Well, I didn't find out, or I didn't. Go ask. These are key things. You know, we need to know the customer's expectations, or we didn't do a proper interview. If we didn't do a proper interview, we couldn't do a proper presentation or demonstration. Ah, well, we'll get into that later. You got me going. So, back to this situation. So they decided to do the desk. So they, they sent them back with figures, retail figures on a worksheet and then lease figures uh, for two uh, different trim levels. Comes back and say, well, we're way, way apart. Well, of course, I mean, we haven't heard that before. Uh, well, great, what were they targeting? So well, they were targeting a particular payment and the math didn't work anyway. I mean, if the math doesn't work, I mean, you don't want to shoot the customer down right away, but you have to give them a math lesson. You can't let them believe that something that is not going to be anywhere close to $250, dollars a month is going to be close to $250 or $300 a month. You have to change expectations or you have to change the target or you have to change vehicles. It's that simple. It is math. The customer needs to know it's math. It's basic. Now, that being said, another run-through. Desk, another deal. What do we do? Okay. Sales manager has to take money off the vehicle to get close to the customer's target right so we're creating a discount maybe we didn't have to do that much don't know that's what they felt they had to do in this situation so before you know it you're down to a nothing deal and it's still too high all right so this sales manager's a little frustrated it's like okay well this does happen you know this expectations again people don't understand certain things so we went in and took a turn and the customer asks, "Well, what happened to the 199 down and 259 a month, or whatever it might be, for the vehicle?" Well, hold on just a second. Well, where did that come from? Was that in an ad from a competitor? Was that in the national ad? How was it set up? What did the small print say? The sales consultant must have that information from the beginning. Has to find a way to get that out. Now, are there going to be situations that you cannot? You bet but you have to try because that's key because now you've set up an integrity situation where you've tried to hold hold and keep some money here and do some things there without explaining to them that this is what was required or that's what was required for that lease special or whatever they were looking at but you've lost the credibility and there was no way to succeed once that's gone and you could tell And so did this sales manager, and you can see it in the customer's face, the skepticism. Oh, by the way, all four of those personality types that we talked about last segment, they can all be skeptical. Everybody can. And you can read it in people's faces. And once you have that, and they've been there a while, and you've had two passes, I never like to do more than two if at all possible, but if you've had two passes or better, you're in a tough position getting them back is going to be very, very difficult. So even offering up an employee deal, even offering up this, even offering up that, but let, let me talk about that. If you get down to the end of it and you still think there's something there, or anytime you I guess propose a ridiculous deal to try to save that deal and just you know make sure that you maintain your volume or have that other unit towards bonus. You must, and write this down, you must tell people why you have given a discount or a concession. You must give them a reason. Because if you do not, it is frivolous and they believe there are more. So please remember this. Every time you give a discount or a concession, there has to be a reason. If it's on a used car trade appraisal, it's because we actually could really use this vehicle on our lot. And we do need it for one of our good customers. We have had people asking about it. It is popular in the marketplace. We would prefer to have less risk in the unit. And you can explain how the used car department works and how it's on a 60-day age policy and blah, blah, blah. And we turn our vehicles every 30 to 35 days. You can read all this stuff. But um, that you have to do that. If you give a price concession, particularly if it's ridiculous. To try to make sure that there's the customer doesn't ask for more, you tell them why. They're very important to us, their words have weight in the community. We need them to be able to tell everybody that we're the place to buy a vehicle, I'm the person to buy a vehicle from, and this is how we do it. So again, please give a reason and set your manager up for success. You have to do this. You have to do it through a proper interview, and you have to do it through you know proper skilled questions. So Anyway, moving forward, this has been a good one, hopefully, and a long one, and uh, we will get back to this on a more consistent basis. So, any questions that you might have or any subject matter that you want to talk about, please contact me at rob at hamiltonsalestraining.com. Again, rob at hamiltonsalestraining.com, or call me, 815-988-1297, and leave a message. I'll give you a call back, believe me. Also, don't forget, be on the walk around, available on Amazon uh, in Kindle format and Audible. And through iTunes, the Concerns Journal to be available any minute now through Amazon only. It is a companion. It is a journal that you write in, that you take notes, that has, by the way, all of the important concerns that Beyond the Walkaround has and a few more bits of information that are extremely helpful. But it'll be yours and it'll help you become elite. So please get online and grab a copy of that. Until then, have a great day. Take care.